Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson, and that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all don't went through something in your past, and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss, or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes, or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appear they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity, if we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Peace, family. It's your brother, Ben X. And uh, today, as the title states, I want to discuss the purpose of the made white man. Scripture says, let us make mankind after our image or in our image and after our likeness. Well, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad asked us the question, who is the us and the are here? Who is the us and the our here? That is the original man, the original man and woman, the mother and father of civilization. And I want to go into the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and him discussing the purpose and the meaning uh, for them, because uh, during this time, I don't want us to get caught up in missing out on, on, on our own development <clears throat> during this time so that we can come come out on top because the rule or their time was up in 1914, according to the teachings. However, the reason that they are still in power is because we as gods, we as original people have not stood up and united for that position that is ours. So I want to go into a little detail. I'm going to start off with our purpose and I want to put some things on your particular mind. Then we're going to go into uh, the meaning of devil and the meaning of uh, why they were created, you know, and uh, why did God make devil? That's a great question we have to ask ourselves. And if we are the original man, which many of us agree with, whether if you're in the nation or not, if we are the original man and they're grafted from us, there must be something in us that God wanted us to see. So let's check this out. <clears throat> Uh, if you pay for the ebook bundle, never received it, uh, I want you to contact uh, summer at absbrokers.com. You have to have drop. Uh, you have to have Dropbox. Contact summer at absbrokers.com. Summer at absbrokers.com. All right. Now, let's get started here with my PowerPoint. So, <clears throat> as you guys can see, one of the things I want to discuss is purpose. 
one of the things I want to discuss is purpose because a lot of people say, what are the keys to finding your purpose? And like, what is my purpose? How did you find your purpose? And this is what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in the Teachings 2.0 Twitter sayings of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He says, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that we are all born in the nature of God. He gave us six words, accept your own and be yourself. The answer is, though, myself. What is ourself? Ourself is a righteous Muslim. What is a Muslim? One who submits their will to do the will of God. So it's not necessarily you accepting a certain ritual or anything like that. But by definition, it's one who submits his or her will to do the will of God. So he goes on to say, once you accept righteousness and strive to live a good life in that action, you will discover your purpose and unleash the gift that you have been given that makes you unique. So I want to go back to that. He says, once you accept righteousness and strive to live a good life in that action, you would discover your purpose and unleash the gift that you have been given that makes you unique. Often, he also says that your purpose is whatever you love to do most and whatever you do best. And I would like to add, it's going to be something that also benefits humanity. It's going to be something that not only benefits you, but benefits humanity. So, uh, the reason why something is done or used, the aim or intention of something, that is the definition of purpose. So I want to ask you guys to comment in the comment section. Why did you wake up today? If you're in the Nation of Islam, you can comment why you're in the Nation of Islam. If you're in the church, you can say why you're in the church, whatever the case may be. But why did you wake up today? Why are you in the organization that you are in? Why are you living the lifestyle you are living? I want you guys to think about this right now in your mind. Why are you working the job that you're currently working? Why are you here to get knowledge? Why are you, who are you impacting? And as you can see on the, on the bottom, me and my brother Jake came up with the quote, purpose is, purpose is the direction and passion is the vehicle that gets you there. So I want y'all to ask yourself, man, what am I doing today? Why, why did I even wake up? What am I living for? The reason I wanted to ask you guys that is because you can take any road to go nowhere. Now I want to take this back to myself. You can take any road to go nowhere. What do you mean by that, brother Ben? If I ask you what your purpose is, if I ask you why you're alive and you don't know, you can take anywhere, you can take any road to get to I don't know. You don't need Siri. You don't need a GPS to get nowhere. You can just drive. And a lot of us right now are just driving. A lot of us right now is just in the car, taking a road trip and don't know where you're going. So I always say I always like to give this example. Siri never gives me any direction until I have the destination. So you must know what is your purpose? Where is you? Where are you trying to go? Where is your destination so that you can have the proper directions and the proper steps and guidance to get you there? But if I don't know my destination or my end goal, I don't know who I need to connect with. I don't know what I'm supposed to be observing about myself. I don't know who I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to be learning. I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning because I don't even know where I'm going. You feel what I'm saying? So find out what your why is. What is your why? Why are you break, uh, waking up in the morning? Why are you going to the job that you own? Why are you in anything that you're in? Seek to get down to the root of the why. And uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, if you want to understand anything, you ask the question, why? 
You can do the who, what, when, where, how. You can do that to, to try to get to know somebody. But if you want to understand somebody and get down to the motive, ask the question, why? And you'll get down to the motive. So let's continue. So the will of God, God has an active will and a permissive will. He allows things to happen and he actively has willed things into existence. So I want to go here when it comes to our creative power. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says it is our suffering that the creative power is unleashed. If you don't suffer, you can't create. So don't run from your pain. Run to it. Don't run from your trial and don't turn your back on your struggle. Allah, God says in the Quran that he created man to face difficulty. He also says that adversity is the mother of creativity. Some of y'all are going through things right now and you think life is over with. Some of y'all are going through things right now and you feel like, oh, man, I want to commit suicide. Oh, man, my life is, oh, man, I, I didn't have a good life. I didn't grow up. I grew up without a father. I grew up, did I? Listen, man, adversity is the mother of creativity. So whatever you're going through, if you can use that and, and take that energy into something positive, take that energy and build instead of destroying yourself, you're going to find yourself coming out on top and you're going to find yourself seeing that, yes, it may appear to be bad, but if you have the right mindset with the eyesight of God at an elevated state, then everything that you've been through, everything that you went through, everything that you feel is just breaking you down will actually be that thing that builds you back up. I've been in the weight room a little bit. I've been in the weight. Y'all can't tell. You know, give me a couple months. But I've been in the weight room a little bit. And when we doing the squats and we doing the, you know, we doing our pull-ups and we doing the bench and we doing the curls. And, man, in that particular moment, I'm saying, man, God, you know what I'm saying? Man, this is painful. I, I go throughout the day, I wake up in the morning and there's pain. I wake up in the morning, my back sore, my arm sore, my chest sore. When I go like this, everything is sore. But I know this is all a part of the building process. I know this is all a part of me having a healthy body. I know this is all a part of me getting that look, you know, that muscle, that strength that's needed to survive. So we have to go through pain because after difficulty comes ease. So go, he goes on to say, whenever a misfortune comes into their lives, this is from the Quran. They say we are Allah's. They say we are Allah's. We belong to him. He is our patron and to him is our eventual return. So in other words, look for the lesson. That's where we will find the blessing. Look for the lesson and that's where you will find the blessing. See, some of y'all don't went through something in your past and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Let me give you a prime example for those who don't understand what I mean. For example, there was uh, two sons who had a deadbeat father. Check me out. There was two sons that had a deadbeat father. And this actual example is going to is, is, is actually going to take me to my point about the white man so i'm just laying the basis right now i want to start with us then we're going to go there and then come back to us um there was two sons that had a deadbeat father and one son was a great father one son came out to be a great father he was there for his children he was there to guide them he was there to put them in position he was there to teach them and the other one just simply wasn't there 
The other one just simply wasn't there at all. But they both had a deadbeat father. Now, check this out. There was interview one time. The one who was a deadbeat father said, uh, hey, man, what made you uh, a deadbeat father? Man, why are you like this? You know what his response was? Because I had a deadbeat father. My father wasn't there for me. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how to raise no children because my dad wasn't there for me. I don't know how to be there for a child because my dad wasn't there for me. And you and you would listen to it and you say, ooh, man, I understand where the young brother's coming from. It's a valid point. And so they did an interview with the other one who was who was there for his child, who was there to guide him, who was there to put him in position. He says, hey, man, I noticed your brother said that uh, he wasn't there for his for his sons and his children because his father wasn't. And I understand that his father was your father. So I'm coming to ask you, what makes you such a good father? What makes you want to be there for your children? What makes you want to work to be able to build something to put your children into position? Y'all know what his answer was? Because I had a deadbeat father. So it's attitude. One took it as a loss. The other one took it as a lesson. See? And that lesson that this one got, he turned it into a blessing. Because oftentimes when we look at the past, when somebody has done something wrong, we look at the elders and say, well, they didn't do nothing for us. Yeah, they did. They may not have built anything for us as we wanted them to, but they showed us oftentimes what not to do. And if they're willing to suck up that pride and come back and teach us what they did wrong, that will actually help us not bump our head like they bumped their heads. So it's all about attitude. So there's a quote that says attitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small lies? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, it appeared they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan, all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset, and see the good out of things, the law of polarity. If we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. And we can't be caught up in emotions in the, in the now and what's going on. We have to be able to have foresight and see the bigger picture. All right? So let's go back to the PowerPoint here. So now, I know what you're thinking. I thought y'all blamed everything on the white man and called him the devil. Everything is the white man fault, right? That's what a lot of people assume about the nation of Islam. However, they they are just surface dwellers. You got to go deep into the teachings because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us the history. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gave us the meaning and how we can use that history and that knowledge of their nature to actually look deep within ourselves and 
improve ourselves. And we're going to get into that in the book called Closing the Gap. Check it out. So this is the minister. This is an interview he did with Barbara Walters in 1994. So the minister was explaining and responding to that kind of attitude about the nation. He says, the language is harsh, but the reality of black existence and black suffering is also harsh. The harsh language was designed to knock on your door and get your attention. And that it did. I'm going to read that again. So he's talking about, the, you know, the, 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 the harsh language about them being devils and evil and wicked and this and that. So he says the, the harsh language was designed to knock on your door and get your attention. And that it did. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and brother Jake, or one of our more top million dollar friends or six figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. And look at what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. Dissatisfaction brings about change and 100% dissatisfaction brings about Complete change. So we now have to ask ourselves, are we really dissatisfied? Are we really dissatisfied or do we just get angry and mad for a split second for two weeks and three weeks and then we get back comfortable? Because if we're 100 percent dissatisfied at that point, you're going to bring about complete change. Some of us are not dissatisfied 100% yet. Some of us are comfortable where we are. Some of us are comfortable being dependent. Some of us are comfortable being okay with nothing happening, you know, near me just yet. Because once we have 100% dissatisfaction, we're not going to do something for two weeks. We're not going to do something for three weeks and four weeks and then simmer down. No, it's going to be an everyday 365 process for me. Because I am completely dissatisfied. Now we have to get this change. So now if we can be 100% dissatisfied, when we see something happen, we don't, we don't gather for two weeks. We don't gather for a month. We gather in unity and say we finna do this until the wheels fall off. And once we unite, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, listen, 98% of our problems could be solved with unity. He said unity is more powerful than an atomic bomb. See, right now, Brother Neary said what we're, what we're looking at is we're looking at a people that's asking for unity, but they're really thinking about uniformity. I'm going to say that again. We are people since the 30s, since the 40s, since the 50s, since the 60s, 60s, 70s, been asking for unity. We've been saying unity, but we've been talking about Uniformity. What do you mean by that, Brother Ben? Well, when I have a plan, 
When I have a tactic, not a plan, I'm going to say tactic. Because a tactic is just certain little steps and things that you do to bring about the full plan. When I have a tactic, I want everybody to do my tactic. See? So if we finna boycott this particular business, because I'm, I'm upset, I need everybody to boycott this particular one. And if you don't, you must be a coon. If you're not on this particular group, then brother, you ain't with the real talk because you ain't with us. Because you over there and you're not with us, you, you, you're not about the movement. See, that's uniformity. We want everybody to look like me. We want everybody to think like me. We want everybody to be in my organization. We want everybody to be in my group. And if you're not doing exactly what I'm doing, I'm going to call you out and say you're not doing nothing. Hold on. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm doing. Just because mine is a little bit behind the scenes and yours is out. Let's compare the results. Don't, don't, don't. We're not going to compare who's seen. Let's compare the results. Let's compare the amount of people that's being redeemed and risen. So uniformity is everybody want to be the exact same. You know, everybody want to be the exact same. No, he said unity is we may all look different. You got your uni, you got your one, you got your one, you got your one, you got your philosophy, you got your way. But we're going to bring all that together and come together on common grounds. It's almost like Kurt Franklin. I think Kurt Franklin broke it down very good the other day. Well, not the other day. It was an old video, but he was talking about making a cake. And you have he says you would never get somebody to just take a spoonful of butter and eat it. A spoonful of sugar and eat it. He says you would never see somebody going to a a, a a bag of flour, grab a bag of flour, and you know you know how we do sunflower seeds. You know back here, you in the hood, you you know sunflower seeds. You would never see somebody digging into a bag and eating flour. But he said, hey, now if I mix that flour with the sugar, with the butter, with this and with that, and then we mix it up. Oh, see, he said individually. Oh. We may not have done it individually. We may not have eaten it individually. But when you put all that together and you grind it up and you heat it up and you bake it, and you, <laughs> you say, ooh, we got a nice cake. So I'll take a piece of that cake, but I'm not finna get a spoonful of that butter. I'll take a piece of that cake, but I'm not finna get a, a, a handful of powder and put powder and put it in my mouth. So when we come together, that's when it tastes good. When we come together, that's when it look good. So the ingredients are different. The ingredients are not the same. They're not the same texture. They don't look alike. They don't smell alike. But they're all needed for the whole plan. And that's how we got to be looking. That's how we got to be looking. And I want you guys to consider this as well. All of you got cars, right? You got the negative and you got the positive. But I'm here to tell you, the way that you crank a car up and get a car going is not by just focusing on the positive. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, somebody out there right now, you want your life to be all positive. You want our life to be all positive. You don't want to go through nothing. You are praying to have a positive life. You are praying to have no trouble. You are praying to have complete peace at all times. No, we should be praying to Brother Malik said, no, we shouldn't pray for that. No, pray that we respond properly. Because we don't know what's going to happen. Life is life. People are people. Human beings are going to be human beings. That's just how life is. So I can't pray that this brother never gets angry at me. I can't pray that nobody ever, you know, comes at me funny. I just have to pray that I respond properly how I know I can respond or how I should respond. 
So in life, you're going to have positive and negatives. And for your car to, to crank up and go, you got to hit that positive and that negative. So you got to look at your negatives in life and look at your positives in life. And that balance keeps you going. See, because when God makes you uncomfortable, that brings you outside of that comfort zone and it pushes you to go further. And it pushes you to bring out of you that which is laying dormant in you. So when you look at back, when you look back at all of the things that you've been through in life, when you look back at all of the trials that you've been through in life and you look at who you are right now, you may find that how that the reason you're strong today, the reason you're wiser today is because of what you went to went through two two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. So all of that, if we have the right attitude, if we have the right spirit in mind, all of these trials and tribulations is leading us to an an eventual perfection because he's the one bringing us stage after stage into that eventual perfection. But there's things that has to happen that brings out of you that which you didn't even know was in you. Y'all feel what I'm saying? So let's continue. We finna get to we finna get to the subject here in a minute. He says, when you struggle and you are overcome by a force that is present in your own being, you learn something more about yourself. Mm, that's heavy, ain't it? That's heavy, man. That's heavy. He says, when you struggle and you are overcome by a force that is present in your own being, you learn something more about yourself. So my question to you all is this. How do you handle frustration? This is what I want us to ask ourselves. How do you handle frustration? How do you handle disappointment when you don't meet your expectations? This is a question we have to ask. How do you handle frustration and how do you handle disappointment when you don't meet your expectation? And then let's look at Iblis. Iblis was disappointed. Why was he disappointed? Because he thought he was better because he was made of fire. The minister said, the moment you begin to have that attitude that you're better, you are finding yourself leading or going on a road to becoming a devil. He said, respite me to the day they are raised. Do you strive to make others deviate? Uh-oh. Come on, think about it. You ever played basketball before? And you became dissatisfied with your coach? And so you become disobedient to the coach. The coach tell you run, you ain't running hard. The coach tell you do this, you don't want to do this. So now you you think you better. You think you deserve to be first string. So you 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 a little you becoming you know, a little, a little juvenile. So what happens? Now in the scripture it says, hey, respite me to the day that they are raised because I'm going to make all of them deviate. Well, what happens to you? You begin to check out one of your teammates and you putting a seed in his, in his ear. Man, coach, man, man you ain't got to run for this dude, man. He don't know what he's talking about, fam. Yeah, man, he going to take you out. Why he going to take you out the game like this here? Yeah, man, he gonna take you out the game, man. He tripping, bro. Oh man, I man, to be honest, bro, I wouldn't even do it if I was you. Uh oh, look at us, look at us, becoming like a bliss, becoming like the devil. 
So how do you handle disappointment when you don't meet your expectations? See, we talked about one of the gods in the teachings, one of the signs, scientists. He wanted us all to speak the same dialect, and, you know, the other guys wasn't with that. He said, man, I'm going to blow us all up. So he went down and planted dynamite and tried to blow us all up. So that's how the moon was able to separate from the earth. Now, that's why the moon is pulling on the water because it knew at one point it had water on it. And there are scientists who are who has went up to the moon. They say they smell gunpowder. See? So he was so dissatisfied. Just I mean, think about how petty it was, though. I wanted, I wanted us all to speak the same dialect. And because y'all wasn't with it, I'm, I'm dissatisfied. I'm disappointed now. Now I'm finna tear some stuff up now. Do we act like that? Is that how we are? Look at that woman. I want to be with this woman. And this woman no longer wants to be with me. You know what? I'm finna kill you and myself. Ooh, man, that's something, man. That's something. She don't want to be with you no more. You say, I'm going to kill myself and I'm going to kill her. Or you kill her and the dude he met, and the dude she messing with. Now, that's a, man, that's millions more. Thousands more that you can go mess with that probably fits you a lot better. But because you dissatisfied and you don't know how to handle the disappointment, my God, you don't know how to handle the disappointment. You throw your life away and you cut her life off. Now, I want to I want y'all to listen to something real quick from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because some of y'all may be going through this right now. I know somebody probably thinking about killing somebody. <laughs> you thinking about destroying something because you're so dissatisfied. But I want you to listen to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talking about us not caving under pressure. And because we're talking about disappointment, I'm going to add, don't cave when you're disappointed. Listen to what he said. How many of us cave in under pressure? Mm. Here's your body, this beautiful body, every square inch of it upholds 15 pounds of atmospheric pressure. And the reason you don't cave in to atmospheric pressure is because you got pressure on the inside equaling the pressure on the outside so you walk with that pressure and you don't even feel it mm. but the pressure of corrupt forces love to corrupt good intended men and women And we cave in. We cave in. Mm. Some people think Farrakhan is crazy because he challenges forces that have broken many men before him. But they haven't broken me. I want you to look at your brother. I'm 83 years old. 87 now. Ain't no way tired of fighting this enemy. 
Look at my brow. It ain't furrowed with wrinkles. There's a light around my face and around my head because greater is he that is in me. Heavy, man. That's heavy. So what I got out of that was, yes, we're going to be disappointed. Yes, things are going to happen in our life. Yes, things are not going to go as planned always. But we have to have enough wisdom inside of us. We have to have enough inside to push off of that pressure that's already coming on the outside. So if I have enough on the inside that that's more that's equal or more powerful than the pressure that's coming on us, I would never cave in. So when you're disappointed, when you're dissatisfied, do we have enough in our I'm finna, do you have enough in your spiritual bank that you can pull from to make sure that you're OK in a time of trouble? See, because during the quarantine, when you got laid off, some people was okay. Why? Because I had a couple thousand in my savings account. But I'm asking you, what's in your spiritual savings account? To where when a tornado comes and destroys the house, destroys the car, does this. What do you have in your spiritual savings when a tornado comes in your life? Huh? When famine, when a pandemic comes in your life, what do you have spiritually that you can go into and draw from and keep you afloat when times is hard? Some of us are not preparing right now, arming ourselves with knowledge, arming ourselves with knowledge itself, arming ourselves with spirituality, arming ourselves with inspiration and and guidance, divine guidance. From the messenger of God and God himself. We're not doing it. So when I ask the question. How do we handle frustration. And disappointment. Oftentimes that is. uh, Determined by what we have on the inside. So Cain killed Abel. His own brother. Look at how he handled his frustration. Y'all remember Cain. These ain't necessarily two human beings. These are two mindsets. This is more so symbolic. Whenever you have somebody who's able, you're going to have somebody who can't do it. And because he's dissatisfied because his gift or he was rejected, he will grow in envy. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, hey, be careful because an envious person will kill you. So he handled his frustration, disappointment. By becoming envious of his own brother. Now check this out. His brother didn't do nothing to him. His brother said nothing bad to him. His brother didn't slander him, lie on him. But he killed his brother because he was dissatisfied with the choice that God made. Now here's the part that Brother Malik brought up, which was a great point. He says all he had to do was ask God the question, why? Why did you choose my brother gift over mine? 
And he probably would have received an answer that would have soothed his soul, which probably would have made him change what he was doing to be accepted. All you had to do was ask the question, why? So some of us, when we are dissatisfied, we strive to kill. See, it ain't always physically clear, but you want to kill somebody's reputation. You want to kill somebody spiritually and mentally. You want to lie on them. You want to troll them. Look at him. He got an audience. Look at this sister. She got an audience. What makes y'all want to accept her and watch her? Why you don't watch my video? So now you want to go find dirt on the sister. Huh? You want to go find dirt on the brother as if you ain't got no damn flaws. You got flaws too. You just don't expose yours. See? And so now you got to ask yourself, man, am I focused on self-improvement? Am I focused on self-development? How am I responding? Am I responding like a devil? Am I responding like Cain? Am I responding like he bliss? Thinking that I'm better? Thinking that I'm because I'm better because I'm made of fire? That'll take us down the wrong road. That'll take us down the wrong road. So. Now, before I get into this right here, I want to go into <clears throat> why God made devil. And the purpose. So this article that I'm about to read right now is from uh, an article called Separation of Death by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Check this out. So the minister goes on to say, he says, uh, uh, let me see. Let me see where I want to start at. Okay. So we may be divine and we are, but we have acted differently. It's not our fault. It really is God's doing. You mean our savage behavior is God's doing? What kind of God will permit evil on our planet and subject humanity to evil where we have become reflections of a rebellion to God? Did you do that, God? May I answer? This is the minister speaking. May I answer? Our answer from God himself. His words from the Holy Quran, Surah 2, verse 30. God was with the angels, and according to the Quran, he made a declaration. He says, I am going to place a ruler in the earth. And the angel says, but what will you place in it other than that which will cause, which will create mischief and cause the shedding of blood? Allah knew the angels extolled his holiness and his righteousness, but he answered, truthfully, I know what you know not. So the article goes on. So evil was allowed a period to rule and a people were made to fulfill that which God permitted. We can say with knowledge that the rulers of this world who happen to be Caucasian, Caucasian have not been good. We are proof of that. And their history proves that they have not been good, not only to black, brown, red and yellow, but they have not been good to themselves and their own people. Now, this is the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Nevertheless, the late message of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1974, February the 26th, he says, Who was responsible, the potter or the clay? Save is the address when the sun rises in the west. He says the white man could easily say, and rightfully so, I did not make myself. So you geneticists and students of biology, you know that white is an absence of color that came from color. So if he is not the original man, he is not, and he is not, and he is not the aboriginal, and he is not, 
He is not a man as such. He is mankind, a kind of a man made in the image and likeness of the original man. So whatever he has done of evil, he was given a season to do it. But we have not understood the reason. If there is only one creator, God made devil. So we can ask God, why did you do such a thing? And the God will answer you very intelligently and say, what is the greatest of all knowledge? It is the knowledge of self and the knowledge of God. Now it's going to get heavy here. Get your notepads out. Do you want a perfect knowledge of yourself and a perfect knowledge of God? Don't you want to know what is inside of you that has been causing trouble for you and for me and for God? Don't you want to know that? God, in his infinite wisdom, set all creation on an evolutionary course. So in Arabic, the word Allah, Rabbi Alamin, the Lord, the nourisher, the sustainer, maintainer, and evolver of all creation, Rabbi Alamin. Allah causes everything to evolve, making stage after stage until it reaches its eventual perfection. There was something inside of the originator and the original man that has been giving us a problem. It's the father of rebellion. It's the father of that which is contrary to peace. So in the year 8400 of this particular cycle of history and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that we, the original man, make history to equal our home circumference. The circumference of our planet is 24,896 miles. So we make history to last in the cycles of 25,000 year periods. So we are now in the 16th thousandth year of this 25,000th year history. And in the year 8,400, the scientists that wrote the history said they saw one coming. A scientist named Yakub, not a madman, a scientist. The greatest experience in creation are the experiments that God and man have made with self. If you want to know more about yourself, you experiment to find out who you are, what you are and what you're capable of. All right. Now we finna get deep. We got to remove emotions here, family. If you if, if, if we are to understand the teachings at this point, at this point, uh, we have to remove emotion. So I'm going on to continue. So Yakub studied the life germ of the original man and saw in us a brown germ that if he could separate it from the black germ, which kept it under control, he could take the brown germ into his final stage and make a people pale face, different, unalike, give it form, give it expression and teach it a system of tricks and lies that would enable it to master the original man. And we have been mastered by a system of tricks and lies. So today you are not who you were created to be. You are who the white man made you to be. And that is why he called you boy. Because you have been made little boys and girls looking to them like a child to a parent for food, clothing, shelter, education, justice and jobs. So we are about tired now of being little boys and gals. We're tired now of being Sambo and clowns and buffoons for white people. We're tired now. We want relief. And as long as the Caucasian has ruled on our planet, the original and aboriginal people of color have longed to be delivered. So Isaiah the prophet writes Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. 
For unto a, uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will never be an end. So check this out. We had an infinity of time. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that God taught him over 78 trillion years of time on our planet, not his white man, our planet in our universe. We are the makers of all that you see of creation. And when a son would be born to end the rule of the enemy of God, his enemy's job would be made complete. Now, you can be angry with white people if you want to. And you could curse them out and say ugly things because they have done ugly things. But wait a minute. They couldn't have done any of this if Allah God didn't permit it. He, the white man, justifies his existence as a devil by being himself. Well, if he did what God brought him into the world to do to teach us the full knowledge of what's sitting up inside of us, then you're not just a killer by accident. Uh Oh, come on. We bringing it back home. You're not a liar or a thief and a hustler by accident. It couldn't come out of you if it wasn't in you. Uh Oh, y'all listen to what I'm saying. He says it, it. He said it couldn't come up out of you if it wasn't in you. You know how today, brothers and sisters, let me come back to myself. You know how brothers in uh, 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 today, whenever something go wrong, we say, well, we got to stop kidding ourselves. Well, Pookie and Ray Ray just did something last week. Well, in Chicago, we just had over 100 murders. Now, we're not saying the black on black crime is because of the white. So we don't want to get that misconstrued. However, the point that they are making is valid. Now, we don't want to blame that or we don't want to blame white people killing us on that. But all I'm saying is the point is valid. If we're going to say this. Hey, also look within self. So we said, Brother Neary said, we not only we fighting a war on two fronts, white supremacy and negativity. Huh? He said white supremacy and negativity. He says we can't just continue to look at the enemy without looking at the enemy. Does that make sense? We can't just continue to look totally 100 percent at the enemy on the outside, but not look at the enemy on the inside. Because once we perfect this on the inside, that which is on the outside has no rule over us anymore. All right. So let's go on back to it. So he goes on to say, well, I know that kind of grabs you a little, doesn't it? I'm going to take the, the on us off of him and I'm going to put it where it rightfully belongs on God. Are any of you wise enough to charge God for just 6,000 years, a moment, a moment in infinity of time to suffer, to learn that which will perfect us, that will enable us to produce a perfected man, to produce a perfected world? When I first heard this man back in, uh, this was a couple years ago. When I first heard this, it blew my mind. It blew my mind because we think so small. We think about my life. I, you know, I'm going to live only 90 years. I'm going to suffer this long. But really, compared to the infinity of time, our lifespan is nothing. It's a blink. Think about it. He talks about the earth being trillions of years old. 
And we and we thinking that my little 30 years, my little 80 years is a lot. Man, that is not a lot. So I'm going to read what he just said again. He says, are you or any of you wise enough to charge God for just 6,000 years, a moment in infinity of time to suffer, to learn that which will perfect us? That will enable us to produce a perfected man, to produce a perfected world. A sister Natasha, I would like to comment on your comment. She says, amen, but we need to hear from the man himself, Mr. Louis Farrakhan. Let me tell you what the minister says. Since you want to hear from him, I'll bring you his words. So many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred. In $30,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how. We made 130000 in two days. Peace. He doesn't want us being personality worshipers. And I'm not saying that's what you are. I just want to comment on your comment just in case anybody else had the same feeling. He wants us to accept truth no matter where it comes from. See, many people today is asking, who is going to be next up in the nation? Who's going to be next up? Do you know what the minister said about that? He says, you have a council. And you have God. And if when I go, you say, what are we going to do? We're not going to have a leader. He says, you sound like a disbeliever in God and you sound stupid. This is the minister word. So you want to hear from him? I'm going to bring you what he said. He says, you sound stupid. And you sound like a disbeliever in God. Because the moment we say, I Mm, I want to, and I'm not saying, I'm not speaking directly to you, so please don't take this personal, but I'm just addressing what he's addressed over this uh, really for a long time. He doesn't want us to be personality worshipers and to worship him. And the only time that we can accept truth and take truth is when it's coming out of his mouth. Because he says, he says, listen, I'm a go. I got a finite body, but the infinite wisdom, God is eternal. God is eternal. The wisdom of God is eternal. And he also says, I'm not going to let you put everything on me. And I really want us to hone in on this because during this time that we're going through, if we understood what he was teaching us, we wouldn't be so we wouldn't be so uh, uh, misguided right now. And I'm and, and, and you you making me kind of veer off to this point. But I, I think it's good for me to veer off into this point. Everybody asking where this at, where, where this person at. If we listen to what he said, see, we, we want to see, that's a good point. We want to hear him, but are we listening? One time I think he said, and I may be quoting the wrong. He says, I'm not some instrument that you can listen to me like I'm some lovely song and then put me back down. Now I may be quoting that wrong, but his point was, don't just, I'm, I'm not for your entertainment. You know, I, I'm not from, I, I'm not some uh, entertainment where you can come to hear me, you clapping, go ahead, and I sound good, and you hear his passion, then we go home and do nothing. See, right now during this time about what's going on, and we talking about organizing and programming, if we understood what he meant by don't worship me, we wouldn't be 
asking, we will go back and hear the word that he gave us. And we all individually will take in the wisdom that he's been giving us for decades, for decades, and say, oh, we know the answer already. He's been teaching us 80 years. So I don't want us to just hear the man. I want us to listen to him and start to implement what he's saying. So even if his brother Ishmael speaking, even if his brother Neri speaking, even if his brother Wesley speaking, if they're speaking the word from that man and it's the truth, we should be able to accept it from that because he's going to go eventually. It's just going to happen. It's a 100% fact that we're all going to physically go. And if we say once he physically goes, well, you know, well, I, I just want to hear from, you know, the minister himself. We're going to be in trouble, family, because we can't scale that way. Think about scaling a business. Now, this is not a business per se, but I, I want to give you an example of business. If a business owner is doing videos, I, I use video because that's what I do. If I do videos... And I'm doing videos myself. If I never train anybody and show them how to do videos, if I never train anybody to produce videos, what's going to happen is this business is going to eventually fail. Our business is going to eventually fail because if I don't make somebody else to take my place I can't scale and do greater things. And when I eventually die or if anything happens to me, the people are going to be out. The people is going to be out. So when the minister says I can't die, this is what he means. That that consciousness, that spirit, that word, he's given it to the youth. He's given it to the people. So that, yeah, you may take me physically enemy, but you can't really take me because I'll come back and hunt you from the grave. What does he mean by that? He means that, yeah, you may have taken me off the scene. I may have came off the scene physically because biologically that's going to happen. But I'm coming up. I'm coming up within a, 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 a younger sister. My word is coming right back up within a younger brother. My word is coming right back up in another black man. So that which you was really afraid of, which was actually the truth. That was shut that was set us people free is still present among us. So let's not find ourselves <clears throat> just be being hearers of the word, but also uh doers of the word. So let's go back to uh the minister real quick though. So the minister goes on to say, <clears throat> You should be happy to see a world like this in. You should give God a hand clap of praise because He has come to end this, all of it. Like Michael's wife in The Godfather Part 2, when she says, oh, Michael, you really are blind. It wasn't a miscarriage, Michael. It was an abortion, Michael. And it was a son. And I had it killed because of this must end. I'm sorry, because all of this must end. So that is why we chose the subject separation or death. Separation or death. And so now that's that. And then I want to come over to this book right here, which is my favorite book, Closing the Gap. This is my book, uh, Closing the Gap. All right, let me see what Brother Warren said. Brother Warren said, do you know who the real minister is, Brother Ben? Stay out of personality. You can't kill Brother Farrakhan. Don't pump up his ego. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about, Mr. Lawrence. Um, but what you just said is actually what I said. I don't know if you correcting me. I don't know who you saying to stay out of 
to stay out of personality. I don't know who what you're talking about, but what you just said is what I actually already said. But thank you for reiterating. Now, the minister says here, uh, with respect to your question about changing attitudes towards the Caucasian people in the 1970s, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad advised me as his national representative to stop using the term devil, but to use the term Satan, the enemy or slave masters, children in describing Caucasian people, at least in describing some aspects of Caucasian people and their work. I never asked the Honorable Elijah Muhammad why he would ask me as his national representative to stop using the term devil since that term has been used, used from the 30s into the 70s. His directive to me comes now, 40 years into his work, he is telling me don't use that term anymore. Well, I never asked him why, but as I matured in the teachings, I saw this. Now, check, check it out. Here we go. Coming back down to self in a minute. He says, first, Master Far Muhammad, the great Macdi, was born from a white mother and a black father. Now, we know that's the teachings. We are taught that Master Far Muhammad's father cleaned up or purified his wife from the Caucasus Mountains so that she could give birth to this very special human being. What means and methods did he use to accomplish the cleaning up or, as the Bible puts it, casting out of the seven devils? Did he alter the nature of this human being or did he destroy the inclination toward the teachings of Yaqub that was responsible for the making of devil? The Holy Quran teaches us that evil is a bad name after faith. Evil is a bad name after faith. If the mother believed in Allah and submitted her will to do his will, then in her obedience to Allah, how could she be given a nickname or an evil name after faith? Hmm. Then I looked again and deeper at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teachings that white people could be our brothers and sisters in faith, though not by nature. I then compared the way of life of the descendants of the whites who were in the Middle Eastern area and did not go into the hills and cave sides of Europe 6,000 years ago to the descendants of the whites who were rounded up and driven out of that part of the world. Because, you know, in our lessons, it talks about some of the original people, I think, hid them. The lessons teach us that we rounded up all that we could find, which means that there were some we could not find as they were hidden by some of our people. There it is. Those whom we could not find married into the original family grew up under Islam and knew nothing of Yaqub and his teaching of lying, stealing and how to master the original man. So these are white people or Caucasian people who grew up under the influence of the nature of Islam. Well, if that is so, and it is, why did the Honorable Elijah Muhammad tell me not to use the term devil? This is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaking. <clears throat> Secondly, as I studied more, I learned that the term devil applied to them all right enough, but it also applies to any human being who devotes the essence of his or her life to rebellion against God and leading others in that rebellion. This makes any person who does that a devil. All right. We're getting closer to home. We coming home. Of course, we learn from the honorable Elijah Muhammad <clears throat> that the essence of devil is in the nature of of the original man. I'm going to say that again. We learn from the honorable Elijah Muhammad that the essence of devil is in the nature of the original man. If the original man gives into the weakness of himself 
or the rebelliousness of self. Then that person, no matter what the color, that gives into the weakness or rebelliousness of self against the wisdom and will of the eternal God, they make themselves not only fools by rejecting and rebelling, but they make themselves devils as well. He told me to use the term Satan. Satan is a devil maker. Now we finna get into what they elevated into terminology wise. Satan is a devil maker. Satan is an arc deceiver who uses the skill and wisdom of right way of thinking or wisdom of right in a way to lead those who seek right into doing of wrong. This is much different than a devil. A devil is a person that can give into the weakness of themselves and rebel and do acts of rebellion against God. But Satan is an enemy that is a sworn enemy, a knowing enemy. Satan is a wise enemy who not only started as a little devil, but grew up in devilishment to become a master of evil and then leads others into evil and rebellion against God. So now, who are these? Who is Satan? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us lessons outlining 85%, the 10%, and the 5%. What does this have to do with devil, Satan, enemy, and slave master's children? So he's going into the lessons now. Now you're seeing how the minister is going deeper past the surface dwell, uh, 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 the surface level thinking that we have. Because many of us are, sur- are surface dwellers when it comes to the teachings. So now he's going in and he's weaving in the lessons with the teachings. And now he's giving us a deeper understanding of the meaning. So he goes on to say, as I studied that, it means to me that the 85% are the ignorant who are poison animal eaters who, who do not know the living God, who are unaware of the law of cause and effect and who have been made to believe in the mystery God. Right. He deals with the 85 percent because this has nothing to do with color. It has to do with Satan's reach to master the entire planet and his people. And he has gotten 85 percent of them. So this Satan has to be the 10 percent who know the living God and teach the contrary. Satan is a knowing arc deceiver who is mastering the 85% by keeping them in ignorance and fighting against anyone who will bring them knowledge that he may continue his wicked rule over them. Now, I want to point that out. Fighting against anyone who will bring him that knowledge. That's why he's called a hate teacher. That's why he's called anti-Semite. That's why he called uh, a bigot and all these things. That's why he's put on the ADL list. So anybody who's coming to bring us that knowledge that will wake up the God within, that will stop us from looking for a mystery God, they say, oh, let's demonize him. Let's call him a hate group. See, that's the trick. Go into COINTELPRO and look at what they did. Look at who they targeted. Look at the tactics that COINTELPRO used. It's still online. Go Google it. COINTELPRO tactics. He goes on to say, by keeping them ignorant and fighting against anyone who will bring them knowledge that he may continue his wicked rule over them, that he might live in luxury by sucking the blood of the poor and ignorant. Now, who's this 5%? The 5% are those poor righteous teachers who also know the living God, but do not wish to to be satanic or devilish, uh, devilish, and desire to take the 85% out of the control of the 10% by making manifest the wickedness of the 10%. As I grew into this uh, kind of knowledge, you cannot reform devil. Therefore, devil must be destroyed. 
I began to gain a deeper understanding of what was meant by what is Muhammad or any Muslim? Why? I'm sorry. Why? This is in our lessons, by the way. Why does Muhammad or any Muslim murder the devil? If Allah God is to survive in us, we have to murder that in ourselves, which sets up associates with God, with Allah, which would lead us contrary to the will of Allah. See, now, a lot of people on YouTube, you may see, try to take the minister and make him look like a hypocrite. Oh, you know, you running with this and here. See, because they think it's about skin color, but it's really about mindset. See, some people who have the lessons, they, they, they take that as skin color. But the ministers here is telling you no, because see, when the lessons talk about the four heads of the devils, and if you really saying that that represent the color, how come you ain't cut off a, a, a broad four literal, literal heads of the devil? Because you know that ain't what it means. You want to use the set of intelligence to go out to the minister and make him look like he's wrong. But what the minister is saying here, no, what this actually means, that the devil cannot be reformed and it must be destroyed. What must be destroyed? The mindset must be destroyed. If Allah God is to survive in us, we have to murder that which in ourselves, which sets up associates with gods, associate gods with Allah. Which will lead us contrary to the will of Allah God. In my increased understanding of this, I began to see that the devil is not only a product of physical grafting. And this part is heavy right here. Because, you know, we talked about them being grafted from us. Now, watch what he's about to say. It's not just a product of physical grafting. And the reason he's saying this is because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said any grafted thing is devil. In the interview, he says any grafted thing is devil. So he says devil is not only a product of physical grafting, but a product of spiritual grafting. This altered my thoughts, not concerning the nature of white people as they are, but deep in my understanding of the nature of human beings. The question of how to murder the devil effectively, whether the devil is in a white man, a yellow man, a brown man, a black man, a Muslim, a Christian, a Jew, a Buddhist. The devil is a universal factor. Therefore, if the devil is to be slain, he must be slain by a universal knowledge of God, a universal knowledge of self and a universal knowledge of the devil. A knowledge of the devil must not just be the rudimentary knowledge that we learned of the grafting of the white people or the birth control methodology that was used to bring white people out of black. But we also must understand how a devil is made by grafting on all levels. What does this mean? By knowing how to make a devil in the deepest sense, you also know how to kill a devil. Ooh, wee. That's heavy, man. That's heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff. So he says the same way that they was grafted from the original man and made into devil. We have been grafted by following them. We have been made and grafted into them, which makes us a habitation of devils. So now that's why you see us acting the same way we say they were acting. That's why we see ourselves doing the very thing that we march and protest about them doing. So in order to correct something, it has to be manifested. You ever had something go wrong in a relationship? You ever had something um, manifest that didn't come up in the boyfriend, girlfriend, 
uh, phase? Well, in order for us to perfect anything, it has to manifest. Because they used to say back in the day, well, don't come out in the wash, we'll come out in the rinse. Y'all remember they said that back in the day? So in order for us to perfect ourselves, in order for us to continue to grow into that evolutionary process of perfection, there must be some trial. There must be some mischief making. There must be shedding of blood. But we cannot just look at that alone. We must look at that as a manifestation of what to correct inside of the original man. And as I said, their rule was up in 1914. So in order for that rule to be up, we have to stand up as the original man and woman, accept our own and be what? Ourselves. What is ourselves? A righteous Muslim. What is a Muslim? One who submits their will to do the will of God. And once we submit our will, I'm talking about listening also to that voice within. You may say, but I never read the book. I never read the Quran. I never read the Bible. Well, what did they do before those Bibles and Qurans was written? The laws of God is written in the original man's nature. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says, listen, we are righteous by nature, wicked by circumstance. Listen to what he said now. Righteous by nature, wicked by circumstance. So if you let the if you leave the, the original man and woman alone, leave them alone. You will see by nature they will be submissive. So let's unite. Let's come together. Let's practice operational unity. Let's make up in our mind that I'm committed to the black liberation, not just when something goes viral, not just when it's on Facebook going viral, not just when it get to CNN, not just when somebody make you feel obligated. So the only reason you inside of the movement now is because you will feel obligated if you didn't be a part of it. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm not saying go out there with a sign because of the culture and the climate. It make it seem like if you're not involved and you are square. I'm not saying get involved only when that climate is around. I'm talking about when everything appears to be good. You still about the people. I'm talking about when it appears like nobody has been murdered. You still about uplifting and rising and doing for self. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this. This trendy, the, the trendy movements. I'm not talking about waiting until something happened. Now you want to be inside of people's Instagram and Facebook comments talking about what we're going to do. No, why you didn't say that three months ago, four months ago, five months ago? See, I'm talking about 365, 365. And if we focus on working 365 because I am committed to the rise, man, we are on our way. We're on our way. So I just want to come and bring you guys that. As uh, to, to, to give us a different view of the teachings of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his view and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So that when we see these things going on, we can look at it from the correct eye, the, the correct eye lens. OK, I see what this is. I'm dissatisfied with this. What am I? How am I going to handle my dissatisfaction? Am I going to move emotional or am I going to rise above emotions into the thinking of God? And I think that's what he would want us to do. Rise above emotions into the thinking of God. And once we do that, man, I think we can become more proactive versus reactive. Because the word protect means to keep away from harm, not wait until harm comes and then react. Listen to what I'm saying. Not wait until harm comes, then react. The word protect means to keep away from harm, meaning that there must be something that we're doing proactively. 
before anything goes viral, proactively before anything happens in the news, proactively before anything is shared on Instagram, I was already working. I was already working. That's how I want us to be. All right. So I thank you all for listening. I hope you all learned something. I hope you all got a deeper understanding of the minister mindset and view. And I hope you got a deeper understanding of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. With that being said, I thank you all for listening and y'all have a blacktastic day. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson and that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all done went through something in your past and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appeared they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity, if we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson, that's where we'll find the blessing.